Hey, it's Kyle Meredith, host of the Kyle Meredith with podcast, presented by WFPK at WFPK.org and the Consequence Podcast Network. It's a series that puts the spotlight on iconic musicians and actors, inviting them to drop by and talk about their latest projects, whether it's albums, TV shows, films, or beyond. I'm going to say something I don't want to say. Here it goes. Without Spinal Tap, there is no Tenacious D. Whoa. <laughs> Man. We get great stories and the biggest scoops from people like Garbage's Shirley Manson, the 1975's Maddie Healy, Jack Black and Kyle Gass of Tenacious D, Maya Hawk, Kiefer Sutherland, and everyone in between. New episodes arrive every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones. You can find Kyle Meredith with on the Consequence Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. So what does a podcast about music festivals do when there are no music festivals? We talk about petting Bill Murray, of course, maybe even a dab of Woodstock 99 chatter, and of course, always, always talking about PBR. A bevy of potpourri today on the What Podcast, Lord Taco, Barry Corder, Brad Steiner. It starts right now. Welcome to the What Podcast, Lord Taco, Barry Corder, I'm Brad, a podcast about music festivals, music industry, inside baseball, and hair. It's a good day. Yeah. Is it? For who? It's a good day. Look at that. Yeah. So I want to start uh, because uh, I know we've got a lot of things to get into. By the way, nice to see you guys. I haven't seen you in forever. I'm I'm so happy to be back. Full house. Uh, I want the most important thing, though, to talk about first and foremost is PBR has a new can. Yeah. Uh oh. What do you mean? <laughs> what? Okay. All right. Let me back up for a second. So Barry uh, Taco sends me a picture the other night of PBR in a new can, a whole new designer can. And he's happy about it or not happy? That's about what it? I'm trying to find out. Taco, your <laughs> official review of. The new can. Yeah, they do this every year. They have an art contest. They uh-huh. let people vote on the uh, the art, and then the winner, they put on the can for a season. Why aren't you on the can? <laughs> <laughs> can you, you, know can you draw me and, and get me in there? Well, you have a head. 
and put that cartoon yeah. head on the can. Yeah, I think we yeah. know people. Just slap it on there. <laughs> Somebody please design us a PBR Lord Taco can. I'm begging you. We'll submit it for the art project, and then maybe this time next year you're going to be on the, the PBR can. Man, that'd be great. That would be pretty <laughs> great. It, that's, that'd be better than me on the milk carton. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it would be one of those moments where Taco look around and like, yeah, I'm done here. Check. Yeah. Uh, yeah I don't need to do anything else in my life. I'm done. <laughs> the Lord Taco PBR collectible can. Oh, God, that swells my heart. Just thinking about it, I'm so excited. Please, somebody do that for us. I, love I think um, it would taste a little bit better with, with my face on it. I'm not mm. sure I could drink it. I, I just have to stare at it. <laughs> I'll, I'll be totally honest with you. I don't really, I, as much as I love you, I don't want anything of Lord Taco that close to my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Nor should you. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I don't know where this has been. Huh? Where... <laughs> probably you do. Uh, yeah, you probably do. <laughs> yeah. What's what's the born on date on this thing? <laughs> Well, that's exciting um, news. That would be that would be a bucket list item for Taco. I can't believe I'm saying this, and I I, I, and I don't want to bring it up. And when I say I don't want to bring it up, I absolutely want to bring it up. Um, guys, uh, I hit a Mount Rushmore, a Mount Rushmore of my life uh, two weeks ago. Actually, two weeks ago yesterday, I became yeah. best friends with Bill Murray. I know. We saw pictures. Yeah, yeah. we talked about it. We saw pic. We talked about yeah. it. And did and, you? Uh, Taco pointed out that uh, it didn't look like the normal selfie where, you know, you ambushed him and he was not happy about it. You actually looked like you were having a conversation. We had a long, long conversation. And uh, I'll just tell you my Bill Murray story really quick, quickly, because I love telling this story. Um, so we're at the Phoenix show and I'm talking to the guy after the show that from Phoenix, the bass player from Phoenix. And he's a sweetheart. And I love this band so much. So we're just chatting about the band and. I'm going back and forth, and he looks over my shoulder and he goes, oh, look, there's Bill Murray. And I go, no, no, it's not. Give me a break. Bill Murray is not here. I'm not even turning around to justify what you just said. And he goes, no, 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 seriously. Not again, <laughs> not again <laughs> pal. Not again. <laughs> and then he goes, and he goes, no, seriously, it's Bill Murray. And I turn around. I see Bill Murray. I turn back to the Phoenix guy. I said, see you later. <laughs> and I run to Bill Murray. And so... We get to Bill, and he's like he's getting he's getting manhandled by this woman, and I she just won't let him out of her grasps, right? So he talk and talk and talk and talk, and so I'm not going to interrupt them. So we we take a lap around the room. We come back to Bill Murray, and by that time there is the there's these dudes who are uh, like like bro dudes, and they break up the conversation. They're you know being jerks, and then Bill Murray gets the wife, my wife, to take a picture. Of them. And, you know, she makes, she cracks a joke, makes Bill Murray laugh, and that gives us the end to go after Bill Murray. And so we start talking, and, and I, I, I can't explain to you. It's like he was right out of central casting. If somebody were to cast Bill Murray, he's the perfect <laughs> Bill Murray. He's everything that you think that he is. He's, he's charming. He's hysterical. Um, so I start, I start just cracking jokes. I, I call him Prime Minister. Nice to meet you, Prime Minister. Uh, people walk up to him. I'm like, this is Gary Murray. Don't tell anybody. And he, he starts to really start cocking his head. It's like, what is going on with this dude? And then finally, I start petting him. He's wearing, him? A very, he's very, wearing a very fluffy shirt. So I'm petting him. 
And I look at he he looks at me. He's like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "I'm petting Bill Murray." You can't wear a fluffy shirt if you if you're Bill Murray because everyone will want to pet Bill Murray, <laughs> and he just loses it. And every time he he would leave, he'd come right back to me and he'd hold his arm out and say, "Do you want to pet Bill Murray?" <laughs> <laughs> and I, yes, yes, I do. Yes, I would like yeah. to pet Bill Murray. And so then we struck up another conversation. We talked about Letterman, of course, you know, my hero in life. And we talked about golf. We talked about his first pitch at the Cubs game years ago. He throws the ball over the fence. Um, you know, we had a, we talked a good, I, I mean, I'm not trying to overstate this, a good half an hour. And I just had this moment of like, I, I just... I was in awe the whole, the rest of the night. The rest of the night, I just kept spinning around, saying to myself, "I cannot believe." On the and the thing I didn't tell him, you see all these posters behind me. Well, the one that's hanging in my house in Chattanooga right now is a poster of Bill Murray. I've got a Bill Murray poster in my house, and on the bottom it says, "Ladies and gentlemen, Bill Murphy yeah. signed Dave Letterman." And you know, he's just been on a Mount Rushmore of my life for I got since the moment I ever saw him on Letterman. So. Um, so with all of that being said, Barry, you know me well enough. There's only one left. There's only one more left. Who is it? I think you just said his name. It's Dave. Yeah. I only need one more, and I'll be, and I'll be Lord Taco happy. Check, check me out of this life. I'm good to go. I only need Dave, and I've got the, I've got the Mount Rushmore of human beings that I have, have been able to meet in my life, and that's – I, I I can't believe it. I just can't believe it. And when you when you think about all the like the crazy Bill Murray stories that you've heard, right? Right. One, uh, you know, he shows up at a at a frat party and starts doing dishes. Right. You know, um, I had a guy. Uh, you walk. He walks up to somebody and takes a bite out of their hamburger and just walks away. You know, like I know some of these have like created their own living legend. Right. But it's because he's a you know he's that character he's exactly that person and so one time I I heard the story from a buddy of mine who goes uh, he goes I was I was standing at this I can't remember where he was like the map room or chart room I mean, it was map it was map room in um in Chicago and all of a sudden he had these hands go over his eyes from behind and and whispered into his ear the guy behind him says this is Bill Murray no one will ever believe you. <laughs> takes his hands away turns around and sees bill murray just walk away from him i mean he's just that kind of guy and he's exactly that person yeah. when you meet him i i yeah. i was i've been giddy for two weeks ever since that's cool that's cool when i saw the pictures i i think i told taco i said i'm not surprised it seems like something bill murray would do he loves yeah. that kind yeah. of stuff yeah it was totally he does. totally appropriate yeah it's awesome it Good wasn't just you, a though. photo bomb yeah. Yeah, exactly. Good for you. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I mean, if you see Bill Murray, you have to figure out a way to get a picture, and I just didn't want to do the regular, I don't know. I'm not sure I would have laid hands on him, but good for you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if a petting was where I would go. <laughs> I wouldn't advise it for most people. Well, let me let me okay. Do you think that he's going to remember the PBR guy? Or the guy that pet him randomly at, on a Friday uh, night. You're lucky there wasn't, yeah, yeah. you know, authority, authorities called. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he touched me. <laughs> he found he found it to be a kick. Um, you, you know yeah, what? So, you, you said you said it right there. That's that's my people always ask me if I got autographs or whatever, you know, and I'm always like, eh, if I feel like they connected, like they're gonna remember me, it's a, it's I'm 
it's memorable. Otherwise, yeah, eh, you know. Yeah, I've, I've never really been a pic. It. I've never really been a picture guy. I've never really taken these moments to sort of document because right. they're more they're more fun when I get to tell you guys, right? Yeah. Like the the moment is so much more important than a picture. I, I guess because I live in the world of radio, and I, I just like having a story to tell instead of a picture to show. Like that picture does me no good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 not it sounds like a. You have a story now. I have a story, but I, I mean, I got to talk to Lucinda Williams two weeks ago. Oh, I love Lucinda Williams. Couldn't get her off the phone, man. We laughed. We started. I, in fact, I quit recording. We just started talking. It was, it was really cool. That's um, great. Yeah, she's such, then, she's such a sweetheart too, isn't she? Ah, she's so great. I, you know, she laughed, and and I, I you know, yeah, I, it's the same thing. It was, it was. That I bet was she has a, beautiful. I bet she has a great giggle. It, yes, it's a hearty, real, uh, honest laugh. Uh huh. It was really cool. At this yeah. point in her life, she's a grandmother, right? Oh, I don't know about that. I don't mm. know. If, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, Did you pet her? I, we always zoom. I, you know, he he breathes heavy. Pet. Yeah, <laughs> she talks about her dad a lot, which is really cool. Her dad very influential in her life, so that was cool. And then, um, is yeah. that an age thing though? Do you, do you get to a certain age and you start talking about your parents a lot because you probably become the parental unit that you always saw as a child? Well, you know, he was a poet, and uh, she's written a song about um, a musical artist that he would take her to go see when he would play in Nor- in New Orleans, and so that's what triggered it. But I've talked to her twice now. She grew up in a lot of places. She lived in New Orleans for a while. She lived in Macon when she was little, um, and I, she's in Nashville now. Yeah, I know. Um, she used to come up to Chattanooga. Rock City. Loved it. Loved it. She and her siblings were kids. The dad, dad would bring them up here. So yeah. I think I think about Rock City a lot when I uh, – it's very Mad Men. You know, I think about Don Draper and those episodes of him just getting in the car and going on, like, road trips with the kids. You know, back in the 60s, in the late 60s – Barry, you know it. You were 40. Uh, in the late <laughs> 60s, early 70s, yeah, you know, you buggy. get – yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get yeah. you get in the car, you get in the car and you drive in these roadside attractions that are not around anymore. You know, Rock City was way up there, right? That was the place where you stopped and and just let the kids do something for a few hours instead That's of right. sitting in the car. That's right. And talk, we don't have any of those anymore. Marketing. I mean, those barns. I mean, it's crazy. Everybody knows mm-hmm. about Rock City. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you can see seven states. <laughs> Stop it! Really, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. See seven states. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what? What all have I missed in the last few weeks? I feel like uh, there's so much to catch up on. Go ahead. Doctor. Okay, sounds yeah, good. All right, yeah, uh. good, good talk. <laughs> uh, no, we were we were geared up to talk to a bunch of bands on Sunday for Moon River, and then uh-huh. uh, River. the storm came, got rained out, got canceled. It was mm-hmm. fun. It was fun to be able to go to a festival. Saw a bunch. Saw several. You know, Bonnaroo friends. Um, yeah, we had a mini Bonnaroo reunion. Mini Lindsay mm-hmm. and Zach and Daniel and Sharla and who else? Dewar was there. Chrissy was Dewar, there. Yeah, Dewar. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of fun. And then rained out, and we, you know, we did last week's podcast on that. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, you and I haven't 
spoken, and I, I, I'm glad we are because I we made the point. I hope in that podcast of you know this was uh, Live Nation, C3, and AC getting it right. Uh, my daughter uh, got her refund yesterday, so what is that? Nine days, ten days? You know, after the cancellation, already has her refund uh, for half. Um, that's pretty good. That's real good. You know, we, we picked on them and picked on them. So they got it right. Yeah. And I think that, um, along the way, I think you start realizing the, the reason why they're able to do something like this is because of the very thing that we all complain about Yep. because they're so big, they're able to take, uh, take something like this on the chin. No question. Yeah, it doesn't happen if it's a, you know, small outfit. If, if it's, it's Barry like, and Brad's festival. If it's, yeah. yeah. It's, if it's With Lord Taco as our beer vendor, we, uh, <laughs> yes. we're not really taking the hit. Yeah. Every can has my face on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's the, that's the, the plus side of having a, a live nation behind it. Uh, but also, as I was told by several people, they learned. They learned their lesson. You know, they, they what lesson? Well, you know, with Bonnaroo, we all there was talk and certain complaints that the communication wasn't great. Oh, yeah, okay. It took forever to get refunds. Um, you know, it just the things that you and I and and Taco we've all bragged about for four year, four and a half years. They seem to kind of lose their way a little bit. You know, by focusing on the fan experience is what it seemed to be, and uh, man, they seem to get it right. Wouldn't you agree, Russ? I mean, that was... Uh, oh, absolutely. They they did everything right. They didn't even have to give refunds. Yeah, not like that. Not And it wasn't just 50% of your, or a full refund, if it was one day, of your ticket. It was fees and all. So, I mean, they really... Uh, granted, it's a much smaller festival. It's a singer-songwriter festival. You know, it has it had some things different than Bonnaroo. But it was essentially the same people running it. Um, who, did, who did you uh, miss on Sunday after it got canceled? Band of Horses, Leon Bridges. Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, there was like three bands that played, and then they had to cancel. Mm. Uh, it was right in the middle of Sammy Ray's uh, set, and then she was the one we were scheduled to talk to later that afternoon. Yeah, we had interviews lined up with Sammy Ray, Wild Rado, and uh, Ben from uh, Band of Horses. So it was just disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was. You know. Nobody more disappointed than a Mr. Brian Stone, who yeah. is a massive Band of Horses fan, and called me in a fit of rage because he. I had all so much material, bro. <laughs> he did work. He, was, he is <laughs> so excited, work. ready to yeah, go the, for Ben. The yeah. one time he does research, <laughs> actual work. <laughs> the one time he knows what he's talking about. I exactly. Know said. exactly. He'd put in some good research and was ready and, and had questions and everything, and it didn't happen. But like I, like I told uh, Taco, I mean, you know, it'll pay off. We'll we'll talk to him some, somewhere down the line. They'll remember. Uh, they actually reached out. His management reached out that Sunday afternoon to see if we could meet somewhere. And so they were, you know, it was all. Oh, that's was nice. Cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, everything was cool. The whole thing, mm-hmm. other than the weather, you know, mm-hmm. it was just a really. I, yeah, I it, it went festival. from a real 
it went from a real downer, you know, thinking that all this is canceled to actually being a really uh, good time and a good story. And, and, a lot, and a lot of that's got, I got to imagine, is is thanks to Drew Holcomb, huh? No question. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That that was mentioned several times by a couple of people in our podcast that, you know, having somebody who is the face and the curator is different. And uh, he's also a nice guy. You know, you'll hear in the interview that you're, we're about to play the with uh, Wild Rivers. Uh, it was actually, and I had forgotten this, his son was born the weekend of Moon River. Uh, the first year they came. The first year, yeah. yeah Ellie was very pregnant, <laughs> sang, and then went home and had a baby, uh, literally. And they held his fourth birthday party backstage where we were doing our interviews, so... Yeah, hear clapping and cheering and singing and. Well, I'll let Lord Taco be the judge on whether or not they had a baby or not. <laughs> that's that's his department. There were a couple of uh, he identified a couple of babies. There Did you babies there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah wow. My okay, just just were. just to clarify, because I mean, Lord Taco is the expert at identifying babies. Are there any babies on this call right now? No. Wow. See, I would I would have guessed differently. He's hundred percent. Can't believe it. He's 100%. He's You've never gotten it wrong. I mean, it's <laughs> no. you're in the Hall of Fame of identifying all, babies. All I have to do is see it, and then I can yeah. tell you if it's a baby or not. Didn't tell you it's a baby. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how you do it. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. Uh, knows, all right. He knows his beer, and he knows his babies. <laughs> yes, he yeah. does know beer. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. Um, so are we in the uh, are we in the world where it's Bonnaroo rumor season yet? Are we in rumor chatter season? I think, I think so. We're close. Can someone tell me who the, the rumored uh, headliners are? Do we have anything like that yet? That'd I don't know if there's or... any big rumors or not out yet. Okay. Okay. Well, rage. We, we were hoping I mean, you'd we, tell us. We've got to be rage, right? Rage, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know why not. Yeah. I've I've made my demands. <laughs> demands, that's right. <laughs> I told everybody on the show last week that the reason you were not around was because you were on a hunger strike, that you hadn't <laughs> you hadn't eaten red meat since uh, you made your demands. So. For the years, that's right. I've been in making demands for 13 years. That's right. Um, I uh, so I did I did find out who the Saturday headliner is, and I'm pretty sure the Friday late night was told to me as well. They don't know if if it was definitely Friday uh, late night or if it's the closer on Friday or on Sunday rather. So I don't know, and and I don't necessarily feel the most comfortable uh, saying it out loud just yet. But um, boy, if that rumor mill was going around, we really could make that a lot easier. This conversation, Um, but 
Uh, I'll just put it this way. Uh, the Saturday headliner is going to be massive. Um, and then the Friday late night is everything that we've wanted for years, or at least Barry's wanted for years. Uh, and it's, it's a perfect, perfect combination. And these two bands alone, I think, make um, uh, the Bonnaroo faithful very, very, very happy. Yeah, good. Yeah. I'm excited from what you told me. Um, also wanted to say I had some, some folks reach out. Uh, we're, I'm going to talk next week with some folks with uh, Live Nation, and uh, they have some some prizes, some plans they're working on, and we're going to hopefully set up a podcast. So, okay, looking, looking forward to uh, having surprises, as in as in like campsite adjustments, I'm not or exactly on sure it was very it was a very short note. Just basically, okay. we talk next week about some things we've got in the works, and uh, and perhaps uh, do a podcast. So, okay, I was thrilled that they reached out. And, uh, it's lovely talk about it. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited about it. So I hate to the, you know tease like that, and but I don't know the, any more than that yet. So the the other thing that I was going to ask, uh, I we did an event um, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago. I was talking to uh, their managers, and we were just over some beers, and that birthed this idea of let's have the smashing pumpkins on a tiny stage in new york and uh do it all for free um the radio station was going to go through a couple of different things that didn't pan out but uh the the show remained and we had it over the uh over the last week last thursday the thing that i was thinking about this whole time during the show was someone fact checked me has smashing pumpkins never been to bonnaroo Mm, i don't think so i I don't I think so either, and that kind of like took me for a kind of took me took me back for a second. I can't really understand why. I don't know. This is one of the bands on the Mount Rushmore of rock music, and yet uh, no Bonnaroo. And frankly, I don't know if I remember any real festival they've been on before. Maybe it's just a a Billy Corgan thing. That when you start thinking that they have a new album coming out that has thirty three tracks. You know, that they're putting it out in three parts and it comes out all by April. I got to imagine that, you know, but why would Smashing Pumpkins not be on their radar for Bonnaroo? This show is fantastic. Now, I know a lot of Smashing Pumpkins diehards get a little irritated because the set list doesn't really ever change, but I don't care. I'd never seen them before. Can you believe it? One of the great bands of all time. And I had never seen Smashing Pumpkins and it didn't even occur to me that I had never seen them until... Like Wednesday. Yeah, when you say that, I don't remember seeing them on other festival lineup either. I don't know. Maybe they just don't do a lot of a lot of that sort of thing. I don't know. You know, we've always said it's all about timing um, and availability and all that. So I don't know. I don't think they've ever been there, though. I, I can't recall seeing them on a lineup. Yeah, man, that show was so good. Yeah. Oh, God, it was good. Um, all right. What? Oh, the other thing that um, we never got to was the uh, Woodstock documentary. I finally watched that, Dad. I finally watched it. What did you think? Um, I liked it better than the other one. Yeah. I liked it better because it felt um, not as, um, I don't know, maybe maybe I felt like it was less accusatory and put everything on um, the bands in that they, they sort of expanded sort of the blame a little bit, but also the part that... I think that I I take away from it the most. People really had a good time. 
aside from the people like the people who had their their complaints everybody in that documentary that they asked but would you do it again yeah yeah i want to i was it one of the great weekends of your life yeah yeah it was i mean even the by being bringing back to brian stone he was there too and he remembers it being a struggle but one of the best weekends of his life yeah well it's pretty epic i mean it's pretty memorable i would have to believe i could I could see that once it was over and you were past it, I could see that being part of it. The things that stood out to me, uh, and I forgot that we hadn't talked about it, was how much just what we—the opposite of what we were saying about Moon River—the uh, the fan experience. The fan was not, you know, considered, and so how far festivals came. If that was '99, Bonnaroo started in 2001, right? Um, one or two. So three years later, yeah, it was two. So three years later, you know, they they go from basically that shit show on a on a tarmac, you know, nothing but concrete and asphalt, little, not enough bathrooms, not enough food, not enough water, you know, all of those things. To you know, Bonnaroo had its issues the first year too, but uh, it was good enough that people wanted to go back, and they continue to fix it. That and the other thing that stood out to me, and I, I, I had asked you if your wife Hillary had seen it. I remember thinking just how different uh, women, females, have been treated. I mean, they were treated so badly at Woodstock, you know, per both of those documentaries. And um, I know there have been issues at, at Bonner. Anytime you get that many people together and alcohol, there's going to be some issues. But I, I remember second or third year they're just thinking how different everything was in that regard you know what i mean it was it nothing for a, a female to go to a show by herself whereas just a few years earlier you would have never you know done that because guys are just pigs basically <laughs> i think that you breed brand values you Determine what you want your uh, brand values to be, and the audience will follow you. So if you espouse a certain level of, um, like Bonnaroo does, positivity, hope, uh, inclusiveness, then that's what you're going to get from the audience. Um, if, you, if you breed commercialism, you know, that's, that's what you're going to get from the audience. It, so... Your mission statement means a lot to even from 2000 to now. And I think that the other thing, too, that these things have benefited from is failure. They failed a lot in 99. And frankly, you know, I bet Bonnaroo would even tell you and and our guys that we've talked to in years past have sort of hinted at it. Failure really sort of fixes a lot of blind spots. Sure. You know, that that complete rain out in 2004 that, you know, was an epic disaster at Bonnaroo turned out to be the reason why they made all the improvements on the farm and, and the reason probably why they um, uh, maybe not the reason but a reason why they bought the place so they could never uh, have to worry about um, having a complete disaster that was that rain out in 2004 which by the way um, we will be talking about a lot in the coming weeks and months because uh, 2004 will be on somebody's mind. Uh, I don't know how to say this without giving it away. 
Anyway, just just remember the the rain out in two thousand four because it's going to be a big part of the conversation uh, come the spring while we're talking about Bonnaroo uh, twenty twenty three. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to give too much away because it's yeah. it's gonna it's gonna it will probably be my uh, Christmas present to Barry. <laughs> it's a good one then. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're my hero. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so so I think there. The Bonnaroo people were very smart in that. And maybe the Coachella people, too. We just don't know them as well. They were so smart to pay attention to all of the problems because you could have saw that and said, no, 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 we're done. Uh, let's, there's no possible way we're going to put ourselves in this position. And frankly, how they even got an insurance policy after seeing the disaster that was uh, – that was. Uh, but by the way, it wasn't supposed to be Bonnaroo. It was supposed to be Kukachu. What the hell was it originally? Ichiku. Ichiku. And it, yeah, and it didn't work. Well, it was Ichiku, which was an AC thing. And then when Superfly reached out to Ashley at AC, they were going to do Bonnaroo. Uh, the reason it's at on in Manchester is because Ashley had done Ichiku and knew the, knew the farm, knew it would work. So, I mean, it was... I don't think it was always supposed to be Ichiku because Ichiku was not hugely successful. Um, so I've got a, I've got a whole dog pile sitting in my lap right now. They uh, <laughs> I wish I could show you the faces that are bothering the hell out of me right now, guys. What do you want from me? I can't do anything for you right now. I have to give all my attention to Barry and Taco, not you two. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry about them. Um, but yeah, I, I like, I like this. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. I like the second one so much better. I mean, it was essentially the same story, but I just felt as though it was a, a little bit better of a, um, you know, yeah. uh, story, uh, to- uh, telling of the story and, uh, you know, associating blame sort of everywhere, not just yeah. on the artist. I felt like the artist got a lot of the, the bum rap the first go around. They did. And I don't remember who, maybe it was Pondo pointed out that they really focused on just the one stage there were two stages there and we never mm-hmm. really saw much from the other stage mm-hmm. um, don't know what was going on there but yeah and i also appreciated the way that they told it like they put the the plot out they explained to me what the lay of the land was better than the first one i didn't really know anything about that hangar i didn't really know how everything was set up and, and the way that this podcast started was because we were obsessed with you know chords Right. On the on the farm and how they built a a festival site, uh, I look at that festival site that they explained in that second uh, documentary, and I just say to myself, "Ugh, yeah, I know. Oh, that's what I. That mean. sounds awful." Three years, three years later, it went from you know that to you know the beginning of what we know now. Like I said, they didn't get it all right that first year at Bonnaroo, but they got it pretty close. Well, the other thing, too, is like back in that day, so it was 2003, I went to Music Midtown in Atlanta, and it was the exact same thing. It was just a big parking lot. Yeah. Oh, it was miserable. Yeah. Miserable. Yeah. No, the fan experience, that's what, I mean, like you said, that's why we started the show, and that's what we focus on. Um, it's just, that was what was fascinating to me to think about that. It was, it seemed so, so long ago, but in a way it wasn't, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I remember the first years and I, and I think that we'll probably talk more about those early years, um, in the coming months, but I remember because I had never really camped before, 
I remember thinking that I needed to come with like a bow and arrow. I, uh, I was going into the wilderness and I had no idea what I was doing. Like, um, I need to take a toolbox yeah. in case I need to build a shed or something. I don't know what I was thinking, but I really came with all of these expectations of, um, I might die here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I was petrified that first year. I was, I'm with you. I, I tried to think through, yeah, toolbox, uh, you know, every, everything, more food than you could possibly eat in uh-huh. the days, you know, because you're going to the moon, basically, <laughs> is what it, it, it felt like. <laughs> it did. And I, I like I, I love the kids now that go and, and they're on their third, fourth, fifth Bonnaroo. I just and I'm not trying to be back in my day, kid, but um, man, in 2003, my first Bonnaroo, I just looked around thinking to myself when I prepared for it what do I do? I don't know anything about any of this. How do I even, how do I even, yeah, it's like going to the moon. It's like, well, what do I, what do I take to go to space? I need everything. Yeah. I need everything. I got to take everything. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. I might as well pack up my cat. Yeah. (laughs) What what, what do I do? Oxygen. You need it all. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I get that there's people around you that are going to have it. and, And like I said, they've developed too. They, you know, and we leave, you know, we can actually leave and go to Walmart if we have to. That that's a another thing that's changed. So I don't remember that Walmart existing, by the way, in two thousand and three. I don't know if it did or not. I don't remember anything existing, by the way. I uh, yeah. nothing about that space is the same as it was in two thousand three. True. Except Very for true. maybe the Waffle House. I think the Waffle House is still there. True. Yeah. Anyway, it it was interesting to see that and, and consider how things have changed and developed. So yeah, I'm glad. You All right. It. What, what else, uh, what else is in uh, going on? What's going on in uh, tacos life? What have I missed? Just, just a lot of, uh, car stuff and, and, and streaming and Twitch streaming. Yeah. I've been doing, uh, Twitch. Twitch Barry, have you been watching his show yet? Have you been watching the I thing? I watched a little bit. I sure did. And I, I'm with you. I, I, I don't get it. <laughs> Good I don't get you. it, but I, but I feel like it is like the best public access late night TV show. Yeah. Uh, I'm obsessed with it. I, I yeah, feel like that's it's really what it is. Yeah. What, what we was just, that we guy? Just, we just what? celebrated 420 followers. That's the weed number. I <laughs> yes, we know that that's the weed number. Uh, yes. it, it reminds me so much of like early Tom Green. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. I just love it so much. It's so goofy and I have no idea what I'm watching. I really have no <laughs> idea what I'm watching, but I'm into it every time. So what is this um what is this interview that we're gonna put on, Barry? Who are we talking to? Wild Rivers. Um what was it? Um yeah, they were great. They're Canadian, uh originally and uh they fascinating. They are now uh, Devin is moving to Los Angeles. Uh, Khaled is moving to Nashville and Andrew, right. Is, uh, going to stay in, uh, Canada and they're going to be a band. Mm. <laughs> so we talked yeah. about that a little bit. Um, I mean, it's not uncommon. No. We had Daniel, we had Daniel from Interpol come by the station the other day and that's how they operate. Yeah. You know, I I asked him straight up. I was like, I mean, are you guys friends? He's like, well, yeah, but as much as friends can be when we live in seven different time zones. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that. It's not that unusual. Um, But they do. 
they don't plan to record uh, uh, separately. They want to be together when they record because they did. All I that. actually, I'm actually glad you brought that up because the thing that is so charming about Phoenix is that. Uh, which, by the way, I, I did an interview with Phoenix that you can go back and watch on the station website or something. But um, the thing that's so charming about Phoenix is that they've been around 25 years. They were best friends then, and they're still best friends. They vacation together. They yeah. all lived near each other and you know he's married to sophie coppola mm. you know i mean this yeah so and they're all they and they're all just you know yeah. hanging around the family yeah. you know the kids are the kids are and i asked him straight tomas i asked him i said uh does it is it kind of weird that somebody like me brings up the fact that you guys are best friends so often it kind of feels like you're the white you're you're the only you're the unicorn you're the white unicorn of the music industry in that you're the only band that hangs out and they're friends and that vacations together. He's like, yeah, it feels kind of strange because it always feels like that was what it's supposed to be. And, and you just don't see it very often. There aren't many. You too, I know. Those guys are all saying they're all friends and, and vacation together and hang out. Um, so I've read. I, they you know didn't tell me personally, but uh, it is rare. And it's... Um, you know, you got to like each other. That's one of the things that... Uh, uh, I don't know if you do. Well, it's one of the things we talk with Matt Carney about. You know, you got to be on the road. Uh, he's like, you know, you might be a really good guitar player for 90 minutes, but I got to see you the other 22 and a half hours. So. <laughs> you know, like. maybe maybe it's, maybe it's a status level. Maybe you have to get along when you are, um, you know, a mid-tier act, but... You know, it's not like the Black Keys get along. Yeah, well, Oasis, <laughs> the Kinks. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's all kinds of examples. Uh, but, I mean, if you're going to spend that much time with somebody, um, I, I, but moving that far away, I mean, I, I, we kind of joked about it with the, the guys from Wild Rivers. If they couldn't, they couldn't pick you know, any farther apart, <laughs> any places. It's, on it's the almost as if it was, it's almost as if it was on purpose. Exactly. Yeah. Can I get as <laughs> like, far away from you as possible? The furthest I can move. Yeah. <laughs> and how, you know, How's Alaska you? this time of year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that tour going to look like? Where are you going to meet yeah. in the middle? <laughs> they kind of laugh. Man, I've yeah, been looking at this that. piece of property in Russia. <laughs> that uh... <laughs> <laughs> It was kind of funny. They were super nice. And, uh, like I said, you'll hear uh, Drew and Ellie having the birthday party. They had a three-legged race and did all kinds of stuff. That was kind of cool. Yeah, our interview got kind of crashed by a four-year-old's party. Yeah, that was all right, though. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. And once again, well, as we said before, Brian Stone was a huge help. And um, everybody was. I mean, we it was everybody was, you know, it's funny. We, we've talked about how you get all stressed about these things because you're not sure if you're going to get access and what access and all that, but it always works out better than, you know, better than you hope. So thanks to all it those does. people. You guys, yeah, you I guys are the, you guys are the stress had, balls. Not me. I don't, oh, I know. you guys, well, we had the, jitters, yeah, we had the jitters right before everything, you know, cause we didn't, weren't sure if we we're going to get this or that. And of course it all worked out. So, and yeah, loading equipment and all, I mean, it's, you know, it's just, there's, logistics but uh sue marcus with the pr stunt she was great and lined everything up and uh hannah i mean it was you know dad no got taken yeah. care of everybody they, took yeah, care they, of dad they really took okay. care of dad yeah okay good everything I, worked as long as they great. should 
Yeah. I feel like uh, one of these days you're just going to ask for like a like a wheelchair that you get somebody to just wheel you around and well, a motorized wheelchair. You'd be great with that. You know, I got the golf cart at Riverbend. Uh huh. I got golf carted around uh-huh. all over. That was pretty. Uh huh. I kind of was. Uh-huh. Kind of waiting for that from at Moon River. Never happened. Uh-huh. No. Well, yeah. you know, next, just start pointing year. at your hip. Just a bad yeah, hip. I know. Bad hip. Uh, next year. Okay. All right, let's get into the uh, Wild Rivers thing. And uh, after that, we'll talk to you soon. A lot of people live in denial because they think that to be realistic is to be depressing. I'm Dr. Mike, host of Going There. It was the first song where I wrote about how I felt like my depression was killing me and I didn't want it. Going There breaks the stigma of mental health issues by having real, honest conversations with your favorite musicians, including Alessia Cara, Lizzie Hale, Jewel, Jason Isbell, Gerard Way, Lauren Gray, Shamir, and Barty Strange. There was something there that was so raw, where I was like, wow, I can't believe someone would say that. Let's go there on Going There with Dr. Mike, brought to you by Sound Mind Live and the Consequence Podcast Network, every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. You guys just finished your set. Uh, did you have a good time? Yeah. yeah. It was awesome. Big old crowd, people up on the bridge singing along. It was super fun. Have you been to Chattanooga before? I don't think so. I think this is our first time here. You guys are from Canada. Toronto, Canada, yeah. Is that still home? Yeah, home for most of us. Cal's making a move to Nashville and Dev's making a move to L.A., but I'm keeping the home base. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't find any farther points we're trying to be international we got outposts everywhere and we'll slowly take over the world is our plan what's taking you to la first mostly the weather canadian winters are not something that i was built for despite being canadian um also just the music industry the water the hiking all that stuff was there is there something specific about LA or you just I'm leaving Canada and I think just I meet so many creative people there so many songwriters move down there and uh, I don't actually know that many musicians in Toronto anymore so it's such a good creative hub for me to be able to collaborate with people and it's very inspiring and we've all spent time as a band down there we we live there for four months while we were writing our album so we're we're familiar with it and uh, I just loved it so I wanted to stay and yet you chose Nashville. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like L.A. too. I like the vibe. I think I prefer the vibe of Nashville and that I, I grew up in a small town and it, it's a very small town and you run into everybody you know at every bar, every coffee shop and people are just really chill, down to earth, but incredible, incredible songwriters. So, Have you driven in Nashville? Oh yeah, well have, <laughs> if you've never driven in Toronto, Nashville is a cakewalk. Oh wow. Toronto is Interesting. A, okay. from, from 2 to 6pm every day, you're not, you're not getting anywhere. So everyone says the natural traffic is bad, but I'm very used to it. Wow, that that tells me all I need to know about yeah. Toronto. Yeah, that's that's the one one big downfall with the Toronto and the cold weather in the winter. But we love home too. And you're gonna you're staying, Stan, Stan. I assume you guys are gonna stay as a band. Have you talked about how you're gonna make this work? 
yeah, I think we're just going to plan to get together before tours and when we're recording and make kind of little vacations out of uh, writing trips and stuff like that. I mean, a lot of bands do it. It's, yeah. not, it's not unprecedented. The reality of it is that we're never home anyways. So even us changing locations, like we've been on tour this entire year. So having a home base is a little less relevant because we're always doing stuff together all the time, whether we're making a record, whether we're touring. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it I don't think it will be too, too tough. Let's go back a little bit. You guys started in 2016, right? Mm-hmm. What was the uh, first of all, how did you get together? I'm always kind of fascinated. Was it a eight and a half by 11 poster on a telephone pole or an ad in a magazine yeah, or did you know each for other singer we uh we went to school Devin and i went to school in a college town a couple hours outside of toronto called kingston um we went to university there neither of us studying music but both interested in music and we were both from the toronto area and my my neighbor in first year the person the girl next door to me in uh, in my dorm room said you have to meet Devin she's an incredible singer I know you're like looking to do music stuff so we kind of got introduced um, and I was working on songs and Dev was wanting to start a project too so we kind of just started singing together and instantly it was super natural we like liked all the same music and kind of blended in a very easy way so we kind of rolled with that all of university playing coffee shops bars any gig we could doing little tours slowly focusing less on our studies and more on the music uh and then by the end by the time we graduated we're like let's make a go of this and record an album so we used all the money that we had made from our bar gigs to go towards our first record um and during that time we wanted to flesh out the song so we built up the band for the record um which included andrew and uh we started working on that record and then it felt really good and it kind of turned into a band project and turned we all played shows together and the it was more than just a duo thing so that's when wild rivers itself really started at the point when you said i think we, we this is the trio this is who we are this is the trio we want to do this what was the goal i mean when you sat down i assumed you had a sort of meeting and said what do we want our sound where do we want to go uh what what's the direction for the band what, what was that conversation I don't know if we've ever had like explicit musical goals. We're lucky that we have all the same tastes and we like a whole bunch of different music. Um, our, our goal with the music is just to have serve the song, song-based writing. Party. Um, like, all right. Whoa, we love music. I don't know if you guys can see it on the camera, but Ellie wow, what a just arrived. With, <laughs> I see one of their children. It must be a birthday. This is exciting. All right, we may have a happy birthday right there. Yeah, okay. Right. Cute. So we might have to talk over them a little bit. No, that's bit. okay. That's cool. <laughs> nah, that's neat. But I was saying just um, our musical, specific, specifically what we're doing musically, we've, we've allowed ourselves to draw outside the lines and not really be tied down to we're going to be this Americana band like we want to make whatever music that we're feeling at the time and we have career goals and playing festivals like this and playing 
um, our dream venue in Toronto, Massey Hall, was a, was a big goal that we just did this year. So um, it's only in recent years that we're kind of realizing some of our big band goals, which is awesome. Has that changed at all? I mean, as you've grown, do you do you now sit and talk more specifically about what you want to do next? Yeah, every every few years we'll kind of check in with each other and be like, okay, this is working to a certain extent. This is the direction we're moving in. What do we want out of this, and how can we kind of like narrow our focus to get there? But I think since we started, we were just kind of trying to make music and trying to play shows and whatever that meant we were happy with it so as it has started to evolve it's allowed us to kind of like expand what our goals actually are because we we were always just thinking about what was right in front of us like okay this next tour how can we make this the best tour we can how can we make this record sound how we want it to sound and I think that maybe is is why things have worked for us because we're kind of focused on the music and focused on the shows um, and keeping those authentic and consistent and that has opened up some doors for us which has been great when you play a festival like this that has to kind of help right it's got to be a boost it's the best we love it this is what we want to do like this is what one of the goals we wrote down when we started the band was to play outside the packed crowd people singing our songs and that happened today it was amazing it's so fun and i i don't think it will ever get old another big goal for us which has just recently been unlocked was uh we always wanted to tour in some kind of bus situation and this is our first like time in a in a bus so we just woke up outside of the stage here and it was it's a beautiful thing how does that work or how's it gonna work la Toronto. It's going to be a long pickup route. <laughs> yeah. I think we'll probably fly to one central location yeah. and then start the bus from there. Yeah, I also, figure. All of our families are from Toronto, so like we're going to be home kind of all the time as well. And we all love each city that we're in, so we'll see. Maybe a little L.A. trip before the next tour, Nashville trip. A lot of Zoom meetings, that kind of thing? Hopefully not. <laughs> we we kind of did half of our record in the pandemic. Uh, a lot remotely because in Toronto the lockdown was so um, severe that we couldn't see each other for, for a couple months and yeah nobody likes Zoom meetings, no one wants to make music like that, it's honestly pretty hard to that stage of making our record, we, we were apart but then we were able to, we actually went back to the town that we met uh, at university hold up in a studio there and finish the record which was so much better than sending files back and forth like right. so much of what we do is like a dynamic live thing so it was nice to actually make music in the same room again you talked about being on the bus and i before we actually started recording i think you were talking about you're excited to go out and watch some music today so i we won't keep you much longer but who who in, in particular are you looking forward to seeing and are you going to be here tomorrow as well i'm stoked to see the national they're one of my yeah. favorite bands and uh peter cadis who produced our last record produced most of the nationals records so it'll be cool to see them um what about you uh, Briston Maroney's great. We've put, done a few festivals with him this summer, but I, I haven't actually been able to see the set, so 
I'm excited we, for that. We love um, Briston. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. He's great. Yeah, we uh, Briston is a three-time guest on our show. Right? Yeah, no way. It's it's technically two because I forgot to hit record. Oh shit! Oh, no. <laughs> but he's so it's sweet. Yeah, he seems like he's forgiving. Oh, he was so great. He got up and he had this kind of. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it again. So run it back. So we're huge, huge fans. That's awesome. Plus, he's from Knoxville, which is not far from here. Nice. But, uh, we're fans of his music, but also now he's, you know, yeah, <laughs> kind of yeah. special place. <laughs> it was a bad day, uh, but it ended up being a good day. I think we hit record today. I think we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, at the very least, okay. we had a good conversation. Yeah, so yeah. It's all yeah good. we appreciate it. <laughs> well, I know you guys want to get out and hear some music. So, anything else that you wanted? Anything coming up? Where can people see you next? If they're sure, in the whole month, every major city in America will be there. Um, this is going to be our last big stretch of touring before we take a break and then go into album mode so yeah if you want to catch a wild river show look on our website wildriversmusic.com and we got a new album too it's called sidelines you can find us on all of the google things and hopefully see you at a show or listen to the music absolutely cool Devin, andrew cow thank you thank you thank you for doing it thank you Consequence Podcast Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.